Welcome to Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly Bible study. Please join Dr. Steve Wood every week where we can all collectively grasp a better understanding of God through His Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see this big crowd on Sunday morning. <laughs> but I know we're going to have more coming in. At least they told me they're going to be here. And uh, so hopefully we'll see more walk in the door in a few minutes. Daniel chapter 2 is what we're going to be looking at today. And uh, our whole lesson is from verses 1 through 12. I hope you have a chance to read all of that passage. We're not going to be looking at all of it in our lesson today. I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, uh, chapter 2 all the way through 19. Is that right? No, 28. 28. 28. So... Uh, We find Daniel in a difficult situation in today's lesson as we're looking at leading in times of crisis. In fact, this is very uh, akin to my morning message today as we're uh, going to continue to talk about the priests in Israel after they came back from captivity. But today's lesson is dealing with uh, them being in captivity and the things that Daniel and uh, his three friends in particular were having to deal with. Nebuchadnezzar had a troublesome dream. And in fact, it scared him. He was frightened. We're not going to deal with dream that he had this morning, but what happened because of that dream? We find that Daniel, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar had uh, contacted his top advisors and uh, asked them to tell him about the dream and interpret the dream. And so as we uh, find him having this trouble with a dream, he didn't tell them what, he, what his dream was. He told them to tell him what the dream was and interpret the dream. And uh, can you imagine somebody coming to you and saying, I want you to tell me what I dreamed about last night. Uh, tell me about what uh, I had as a nightmare. And uh, how would you feel about something like that? Now we find that Daniel came and talked with his three friends after he found out about this. 
And so he gets them involved as well. It's not just Daniel, but it's him and uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or uh, that's their Babylonian names. And that's what we know them as, isn't it? We don't know Daniel by his Babylonian name. We know him as Daniel. Belshazzar is his Babylonian name. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are the names of his three friends in the Babylonian language. And so he comes to them and uh, tells them to pray. How are they going to know what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed? And how are they going to know the interpretation of that dream? Only God can do that. Right? Only God would know that. And uh, so, uh, as we uh, look at this particular passage of Scripture, It takes a real life crisis to really test leadership ability. People in leadership, if they come to a time of crisis, then we're able to see their leadership skills shine through or not. Sometimes leaders are not good leaders, right? So the burning question today is what should faithful leaders do in a time of crisis? They need to seek to understand the crisis. What it's about. Before they try to interpret, before they try to be understood about what to do. Well, let's look at verses 14 and 15. It says, When a roach, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the whole men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? A roach then explain the matter to Daniel. Now, see, Daniel's not in the leadership position of being very close to Nebuchadnezzar yet. That's going to happen. We saw last week how that uh, Daniel and his three friends were chosen and awarded because of their ability, because they did have leadership skills. And this was seen in the things that went on in their training. They had gone through basic training, we might say. Like basic training in the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force. And some of us in here this morning have been through basic training. Now I remember when I was in basic training, I, I thought, what in the world am I doing here? <laughs> but I survived it. 
and I think it was good for them. But anyway, uh, they had gone through their basic training, and it wasn't nearly as severe, I don't think, as uh, military basic training. But they were taught some things, they were uh, able to understand some things about Babylon, about the kingdom that Nebuchadnezzar was over, and how that they could fit in to be advisors and leaders in that country, in that city. So, as this word comes then to Daniel, and he's finally able to understand why the king has issued a decree to kill all the leadership. That's what he had done. When he says, kill all the men, that's what he's talking about there. It's not talking about all the men in battle. It's talking about all the men in leadership positions. And we see this through the context of the scripture. Too. <coughs> and Daniel then didn't allow his personal safety to interfere with the bigger concerns that he had here of knowing and interpreting the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. He sought an understanding to know the situation above everything else. You see, in leadership, an individual needs to know what the problem is. In leadership, if you try to solve a problem without really knowing what the problem is, a lot of times you make more problems than what you had before. So, Nebuchadnezzar is giving a really tough assignment to those in leadership in Babylon. And this assignment then comes to Daniel as he's able to understand from the chief of the guards, what the situation really is. Leaders who lead through crisis focus on one thing at a time. There will be time later to understand everything, but they focus on one thing at a time. Sea captains are known as strong leaders because of crisis that they have to go through in being able to steer a ship, especially in bad weather or maybe in wartime. When a battle on the sea occurs, the captain is the one that makes the decisions, right? Which direction will that uh, ship be steered? How are we going to be able to fire our guns at the enemy? What's the best position for us to be in in order to minimize the danger that is there for us and to do the greatest damage to the enemy? Or a storm. Think about a storm for just a moment. Again, it's an enemy. But it's not one that we can fire guns at, is it? What do you do during a hurricane 
out in the middle of the ocean. Well, many times the captain's decisions mean either sinking or staying afloat. And so we uh, see that the sea captain is, is trying to understand what's going on around him and how he can protect his ship and how he can guide that ship to safety. There's going to be times when leaders are going to be misunderstood as they lead. Being second-guessed by those that you're leading is sometimes a job description of a leader. People are going to try to second-guess him. They're going to try to find fault with his leadership. Going to ridicule him for the decisions that he makes. Steering the ship in the wrong direction, for instance. The crew sometimes will tell the captain, Captain, you made a big mistake. We're, we're going to all sink, we're going to all drown. But then as the ship comes through that storm and is on the other side. The men are able to look back and see how the captain made the wise decisions that they couldn't see, that they couldn't understand. Leading through a crisis demands that we focus on the problem that's before us. Let's notice verse 16. At this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Time. The king was going to kill all of them. That was the command that was given to the chief of the guards. Just go kill these leaders. I'll give me some new leaders. They can't, inter they can't tell me what my dream was. They can't interpret it. Now, I'm not sure why Nebuchadnezzar had come to that conclusion without consulting all of his leaders. Because you see, when we come to Daniel, Daniel didn't know anything about it. He had not been consulted about this dream. And if you don't know what the problem is, you can't work on solving that problem, can you? And so Daniel and Shadrach and Shadrach didn't know what the problem was. They couldn't work on it until they knew they were going to be killed. And as word came to them that all the leadership was going to be destroyed, they were all going to be killed, Daniel then went to the guard first of all, remember? And he said, what's the problem? And the guard then was able to inform him what the problem was. And Daniel said, hey, I can't give an interpretation right now. I need some time to look at this problem, to see what it is, and to consult with God to find out from Him what I need to do. Now the root of the problem here was the king's heart. 
he was scared to death because of the vision that he received, the dream that he had. And as he came to his leadership, he couldn't remember what the dream was. It just he, he just knew that it was something that frightened him and scared him. And he said, you tell me what the dream was, and then you tell me what the interpretation of it is. An impossible task. Now Daniel, as he comes on the scene, he still has the same task. Because Nebuchadnezzar didn't tell him what his dream was when he went to him and asked for time. But Nebuchadnezzar was willing to grant some more time that Daniel might consult with God and find out what all of this was about. I love the story of a church, a fictitious story, hopefully, of a church that installed a new baptistry. Now, this is something that almost took place where I was in time, but anyway. Uh, this uh, baptistry was installed, and uh, when they filled it up for the first time, it didn't shut off. It ran over. And so, the deacons all began to scratch their head and, and uh, they said, well, we need to get on top of this. And so they established a study group to find ways to get water out of the church. They bought better mops. They offered classes in effective and efficient mopping strategies. They had mopping meetings and formed small mopping groups. Finally, after months of wet floors, they decided to buy rubber boots, uh, boots for everybody. What was the root of the problem? The water needed to be turned off, right? This is all, I mean, this is very fictitious, and we don't think anything like that would really happen. But it really reminds me of what some churches have done to try and solve problems. Instead of looking at the root cause, instead of understanding, well, hey, we need to turn the water off, they try to come up with ways to solve the problem that's at hand and get the water off the floor. When you lead in a crisis, you need to find ways to look past the water on the floor and understand why it's there. Why it's on the floor, right? Now, if you're trying to lead a, lead a family through a crisis, this is more down to earth to what we might experience. 
family system studies are good. But first, find out what the problem is that causes the crisis. And try and control the problem, stop the problem that is causing the chaos. What about your career? What about work situations? A lot of times, a person in business will spend their time and energy dealing with the fallout of a situation before they find out what the problem is or trying to stop the problem. I think the military. Usually when these first two steps are taken, a solution presents itself. When you have an answer, you're at the beginning of solving the problem. Crisis leadership demands certain concise communication with those that you're dealing with. Daniel 2.17 then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So Daniel realized the need for help. It wasn't just something on his shoulders. It was something that they could share. Prayer was the first step. Everyone around needed to be on the same page to help find out the solution. Find out what the problem is and the solving of this problem. Leadership teams here at Hillside need to give careful consideration to problems before they do a lot of work trying to solve the problem before they know what the problem really is. And the first step is to pray. Ask for God's help in leading the church and in giving the right leadership solutions. Pray that God will send a solution in the crisis. Pray that you will be faithful to apply the solution as you understand it. And after you sought understanding and look to the root problem of the crisis that's at hand, as well as you know how, finally, put hands on as God enables us to see what needs to be done. And I believe the same thing will happen today as we come into a crisis situation as these things take place. Uh, were you able to get the second slide? Huh? The Bible study or the other one? 
about one for Daniel uh, being before Nebuchadnezzar. All right. I just put it up if you get it. So, as Daniel gave faith a chance, verses 27 and 28 tell us what happened. It says, Daniel replied to the king, of course. Daniel replied, No wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he is asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Now this is showing, I think, Daniel before Nebuchadnezzar. He comes to him. Notice he's not coming in arrogantly. He's coming in humbly as he confronts the emperor, the king, Nebuchadnezzar. And <clears throat> notice that he, he tells him the challenge that you've given is humanly impossible. No wise man in general, no one is what he's saying. Nobody can answer the question that you've given. It's impossible for man to give you the answer you're looking for. But there's a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Daniel was saying, my God can do the impossible. My God is able to do what no man can do. Now, isn't this what we need to be saying in our lives as we face challenges, as we face discouragement, as we face obstacles? Those things are going to come in our lives. Those things are going to be a part of what we face in life. It's just, it's going to be there. And we're going to be given some challenges sometimes that it's humanly impossible to give an answer to to know what to do. But, we have a God in heaven that can give us the answers. That can lead us in the right direction. That can overcome the crisis. And help us to be productive in His cause and kingdom. God is able to answer Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Isn't that what Daniel in essence was saying? Now, he wanted Nebuchadnezzar to know his God. Nebuchadnezzar didn't know him. Not for our understanding right here at this point. I believe Nebuchadnezzar came to know God. There are some things in the book of Daniel that Nebuchadnezzar says that gives me the indication he really knew who God was. But it took, it took more than just this crisis. It took some further crisis in Nebuchadnezzar's life for him to really seek God 
and for him to understand who God is and trust him. God had put Daniel in the very center of this crisis. In a very dire situation. Think about it. He was about to be killed, wasn't he? The captain of the guard was coming to all the leadership and he was going to kill them. That's what Nebuchadnezzar had commanded. And so it took him being in the center of the crisis, in the center of the situation, for him to be informed about what Nebuchadnezzar was asking and to be able to get the help to know the dream and interpret the dream. That's what the further verses here in Daniel are talking about. We can talk about the uh, uh, statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw and, and uh, the head of gold and uh, the feet of uh, uh, clay mixed with uh, bronze. And, uh, you know, uh, the feet of this statue is not very stable, is it? But this was future kingdoms that were going to come on this earth. So, Daniel is able to tell Nebuchadnezzar the things that he needed to know. To calm his nerves, to help him understand what the dream was all about and what God was revealing to him. You see, God was revealing this vision, this dream to Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel was telling Nebuchadnezzar that God was giving him understanding about the future. Wouldn't you like to have some understanding about the future sometimes? Well, we can know the one that's in control of the future. And we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what we're going to face. We don't know the trouble that may be there. Or the blessings that may be there. But we know the God that's in charge of our future. And we can trust Him. He's a God that can be depended on. Unlike those gods in the Babylonian mythology and these things that they worshipped that weren't able to give understanding at all. You see, these wise men prior to Daniel had consulted their gods to try and find out what it was that was going on, what it was that Nebuchadnezzar was asking about. And their gods were very incapable of giving them anything. But then when Daniel consults 
Almighty God, the God of heaven, He gets the answer. He gets the solution. He gets the understanding to be able to give to Nebuchadnezzar for him to be able to settle his nerves and continue leading that great kingdom. Babylon was a mighty kingdom. It had conquered almost the entire world in that day and time and had control even down in Egypt. And so as Nebuchadnezzar had conquered the whole world, remember he had come into uh, Judea and Jerusalem and destroyed the city, by this time the city was no more. And all the people in, in uh, Judea had been brought into the Babylonian captivity. And so, this is the greatest king on earth. But yet, the greatest king on earth didn't have all the answers, did he? And that's true for any earthly leader today. What about the crisis we face in our world right now? I don't know how our leaders are reacting toward God to ask Him for direction in the situation that we find our world in as Russia is causing problems and we see maybe World War III about to break in. I don't know. Uh, the uh, leader of <coughs> Great Britain has compared it to World War II if Russia invades the Ukraine. Like I said, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Russia won't do that. But if I were in leadership position in the world today, I would be on my knees. I would want to know what God wanted me to do, wanted our nation to do, wanted the free world to do. I don't know that any of our leaders are doing that right now. But you know what? We need to be praying for our leaders, don't we? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were consulted that they might pray for Daniel and pray for that situation and get the understanding that was needed for that particular crisis. We need to be praying for our leaders. And if we're not, then we're part of the problem. We can point our fingers at the world leaders and say, you're not consulting God. You're not asking for God's help. Are we? Are we praying for them? That they'll make wise leadership decisions. You see, we need to do that. Part of this is on our shoulders. Alright. Um, we'll look at Daniel chapter 3 next week.
hope this has been a profitable study for you this morning. And we'll continue to see Daniel and Babylonian captivity and his leadership grow in battle and what happens as uh, he continues to seek God's help in his life. Father, we thank you this morning that we had the privilege of looking at your word. Help us today that we will be instruments of your hand. That we can be used of you like Daniel was. And that we might be able to have answers to any crisis, any problems that come in our lives or that come in our world. And I ask your blessings on our people here today. And be with us in our worship service that's to come. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.